0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los
1: Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? This is your host, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams. I'm excited. We have a guest today, Eddie Schwartner from Football Talk Daily will be joining us. We're going to talk a few things anywhere from the draft to upcoming prospects to free agency, what to do with Sammy Watkins, where we can save money. Uh, It was a really good conversation. I appreciate it. Guys, make sure to go give him a follow. You can find him and his crew at Football Talk Daily. They're on Twitter. If you check the link, I have tagged them in this post, so excited for this conversation. So without further ado, here's my chat with Eddie from Football Talk Daily. All right, Rams Nation, I'm excited. We have Eddie from Football Talk Daily joining us. Eddie, thank you so much. Welcome. How are you doing today, bud? Good, man. How are you? Doing well, doing well. You're calling all the way in from the East Coast out there in Ohio. That's correct, right?
2: Yeah, Cleveland, Ohio.
1: Awesome, man. Well, hopefully, I know you said earlier off air that you are a Browns fan. Hopefully, seeing these Rams go from four uh, wins the previous year to hosting a game at home that gives you guys a little bit of hope. You guys got lots of draft picks and uh, tons and tons of money. Uh, We'll get down the road there, talk about that a little bit. We're here to talk some Rams. Uh, One of the names that may be on the move is Tremaine Johnson. I want to kind of uh, you know, have your thoughts on that a little bit later. Uh, but you guys put up on uh, your website, which is footballtalkdaily365.com. And you guys put together an ideal off season for the Rams. First, before we get into this, where else can uh, Rams Nation find some of the st- uh, content that you guys are producing?
2: Yeah, if uh, any of you guys listening are interested in, you know, the NFL and even into college once the season starts again, you guys can hit us up on Twitter at FTD365. And on Instagram with the same handle FTD three six five, uh, we usually uh, put out you know two or three podcasts a week, um, just talking about the news and you know mostly draft stuff and combine related now. But yeah, you guys can find us there. I'm sure uh, we'll be on your timeline somewhere.
1: Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll be re- re- retweeting all the Ram stuff that you guys put up. And and like I said, I saw that uh, article you guys put up about the ideal offseason. Obviously, one of the things that no one really saw coming was us going to get Marcus Peters uh, in that trade there. Uh, you guys had mentioned Malcolm Butler as being a potential uh, free agent signing. Uh, how do you think this shakes up what the Rams are going to do at cornerback? Um, thoughts on Tremaine Johnson and, and, you know, just the deal in general.
2: Yeah, so I think I'm going to start off uh, just, you know, evaluating the trade. I think the Rams really hit a home run with this one. I mean, only giving up a fourth this year and a second next year for arguably a top five corner in the nfl obviously there's a couple you know red flags um based on his personality or in the locker room but uh, for a championship uh caliber team like the rams getting a top five cornerback to replace tremaine johnson is just a great great pickup obviously since they made this trade i really don't think they're going to bring him back at the type of money he's going to want i see him you know getting one of the highest if not the highest uh, free agent cornerback deals this year He's on the you know, older side. He is 28 right now. So um, I think it's a really good trade for the Rams getting younger and also better at the cornerback position. And as far as, uh, you know, dra- the draft or free agency is concerned. um, I think obviously it gives the Rams a little bit of time to wait on corner because before this trade happened, we were thinking about, you know, putting a cornerback in round one, but now I think you've, you know, really got a cutter with, uh, Coleman and you have Marcus Peters, obviously. So, I mean, I think they're pretty set at corner. You just have to fill in the uh, depth part.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and NRC is one of those guys that we really want to bring back. He actually is someone we're going to have to pay for. He's a free agent this year. Um, and that was kind of my question. And as you kind of mentioned it, you talked about, you know, going into this pre-trade that, you know, looking at the draft, it looked like the Rams were going to have to target that cornerback position near the top with that first pick. We're not sure if we're going to actually keep that first pick or we're going to move that. Um, less need seems to be in this wheeling and dealing, especially around draft time or the past few years. But um, is that something you think maybe is still there's good value at that position? We're at number 23. Or is there another position on the team that you think, you know, that 23rd pick, if we still keep it, um, you know, maybe go offensive line to kind of add some depth or what, what do you really think for that 23rd pick uh, Rams fans should expect
2: yeah see I think at the 23rd pick uh, obviously if you're going to still want a corner I would say I think Denzel board's going to get picked before that and I even think Josh Jackson will probably get picked before that as long as he tests they both test really well um, I think you're looking at a corner of maybe like Jair Alexander out of Louisville or maybe Isaiah Oliver out of Colorado. Those are two really good man-up corners who, you know, they do get beat at times, but they play with enough energy and they have that short memory that corners need to really develop into a good player. But I really don't think I would go with corner after the Marcus Peters trade. I think I would look at, as you said, offensive line or pass rusher. Now, a couple pass rushers that I think would really go well in the 3-4 scheme that Wade uh, Phillips employed last year because you know the Browns have uh, Greg Williams now so we get to see him yeah. every week right uh, yeah so I think um you know maybe a replacement for Connor Barwin as the outside rushbacker, um maybe someone like Harold Landry if he's there or maybe a Sam Hubbard too uh, Harold Landry from Boston College he's like an outside backer slash edge you know one of the three four prototypical uh edge rushers right um So he had a really, really good junior year, and he was really hyped up to be like a top five, top ten pick. But his senior year, he had an ankle injury, and he didn't really produce as much as he did uh, the year prior. So I think he's going to last till twenty three, and I think he could be a really, really good, uh, you know, upgrade to uh, Connor Barwin. Also, if you're looking at defensive ends or edge rushers, you could look to a Sam Hubbard, who's kind of in the same mold, but a little bit thicker and he can play the run a little bit better. Uh, he was taught by Larry Johnson and he has really good uh, technique with his hands. Or if you want to get, you know, one of the three, four D end uh, looks, maybe you can switch out Ethan Westbrooks with a uh, Marcus Davenport. Now he's huge. And I, I really don't think he might last till 23. I think he probably goes top 20, but he's from uh, UTSA. He had a really good senior bowl. Uh, He's like 6'7", 280. He's like, if you're building a Madden rush end, that's the body type you go with. Um, He's he's very athletic. Um, He had really good production this year. So look out for Davenport, Hubbard, or Harold Landry as a rush end type pick at 23. Now you also said, yeah, you also said offensive line, Um, you could like, I would think maybe a tackle because, you know, Whitworth is, I think it might be either his last year or he may have two years at most. Right, Um, Whitworth
1: and Soli both are you know mm -hmm. produced great last year, but Sullivan had a little bit of injuries and Whitworth. You're right. I mean, age is getting up there. The man's been a beast, but how much longer? Right.
2: Yeah, I remember him on the Bengals. He always uh, he always kept the uh, edge pretty clean against the Browns, but then again, you know they didn't really have any pass (laughs) rushers. Right. Um, Yeah. So I could see them going with a center, even guard maybe, or just a backup tackle. So maybe at tackle, I think Orlando Brown would still be there. Now he's not one of my favorite you know uh offensive line prospects he's from Oklahoma he's like 68 360 the fear with me with him is i don't know if he can move you know like he's just a mammoth of a man but i don't know if he can move with the speed rushers in the nfl or you know at tackle maybe connor williams is still there uh there's a lot of questions regarding uh his arm length so that'll be a big measurement at the combine a lot of people say that he has uh, arms that usually would go with a guard right yeah so if well the offensive line
1: position is going to be careful and as for rams nation out there i think everyone's a little nervous when we're we're having first round picks on offensive tackles obviously greg robinson was Mm -hmm. you know probably one of the bigger flops in you know rams history and you know we shipped him away thank god and i think he went to the lions for a little bit and then i don't even know if he got picked up after that but uh, so that, that is a, a, a tough area, but you know, when you, you mentioned some of those guys, uh, you know, hopefully we find something there less need. And as I mentioned before, you know, I'm kind of curious what he's going to do overall. And as you see some of those players that maybe have some value in that second round, mm-hmm. um, you know, that may have dropped from first round talent that he might try to, you know, kind of combo a few things up and move down. But I did like, you know, as you were kind of talking about a few of those D end or run stop type of guys, because one of the big uh, things that the Rams went through that was one of their struggles was they gave up a lot against the run. So it's something that I know that they're going to come into this season and trying to, um, you know, tighten up, whether that's through free agency, the draft, you know, we've got the right coach in place. We've got Aaron Donald in place. Uh, It sounds like we've, we're, you know, uh, solidifying that cornerback position. We're just a few pieces away. The
0: Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a post-mortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football edge of the day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider.
1: And and kind of moving here on, on some of the pieces we do have. We had a lot of free agents this offseason and, and you know will continue to until we start to sign some of them. But there's a few names um out there that, you know, have been kind of thrown around as far as saving some dollars. You know, who who do you see on the Rams roster that may be a free agent right now or may be on the roster that you know, we could cut to save some dollars to maybe make some moves for some of these other guys.
2: Right. So, I mean, surprisingly to me, at least the Rams have a lot more cap space than I originally thought. But that is also not equating to the new deal that uh, Aaron Donald is going to get. I mean, he's right. going to be paid like a quarterback. So that's going to take up a big chunk of change in the uh, cap room. And also, I mean, if Marcus Peters does well, you got to save a good, amount of, a good amount of cap for him, too, in a year. So, yeah, we're kind of just delaying
1: paying the quarterback cornerback right. position cuz Tremaine's looking for that payday and we're basically saying listen, we we went and got this guy who's still on his rookie contract who's performing, you know, to be honest with numbers better than Tremaine Johnson. So, but you're right. You know, it kind of goes back to that Sammy Watkins debate which a lot of people are talking out here. Mm-hmm. Why do we give up a second round pick if we're not going to go and try to keep him here in LA more than a year? I think that same um, idea goes into Marcus Peters depending on how you know, it plays out with Sammy Watkins, are they going to have the same type of, you know, idea or scheme behind it? Or are they really just looking to kind of fill a role right now till they can maybe draft a guy and he fills that role. But with Peters, I feel like we're going for that long-term play. Um, I think next year, his contract's going to bump up if we pick up that fifth-year options, like 9 mil, which is still, I feel like, a steal of a deal for that guy. Um, And I do expect them to try to extend them. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do with that and how they play that off of of what they currently um, have. But go on. Sorry, I kind of jumped in there. No, you're
2: fine. Um, There's, like, one main guy that I would consider cutting, and you don't get a lot of money for it, but it might just rid you of a headache, and that's uh, Tavon Austin. If you cut him, you really only – uh, save about $3 million because of the dead money and dead money is basically the players have a salary that's against the cap and they also have a guaranteed number. That's, you know, a little bit lower than the cap number. So you subtract the cap number from the guaranteed number and that's how much money you save. And in Tavon Austin's case, uh, you save about $3 million. So yes, it's not like a huge chunk of change, but, I don't think he's really worth the $11 million investment that he just got within his contract.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, think if you save, you know, 50 bucks, (laughs) it sounds like a great deal to cut Tavon. And, and, you know, I got probably a lot of Rams Nation behind me, maybe shaking their head, but most of them are agreeing with me. Uh, Tavon's been a fun player to watch uh, early in his career, but especially in this transition when everyone seemed to excel in this transition with McVay, uh, Tavon was one of those guys that just didn't, um, we couldn't really, it was, it was hard for us to find, you know, a place for him to fit in, even in the Jeff Fisher days, uh, which kind of, I think shocked a lot of people when, you know, on hard knocks, when they gave him that big contract that you know, we're now talking about, but, um, they must've had some ins- inside deal that Jeff Fisher was like, dude, I know I'm going to go, you're my guy here. I'm going to take <laughs> care of you before I get out of here. But, Um, He just didn't produce. And and you really figured, you know, if this offensive mind of Sean McVay can get so many other people involved and get, you know, a rookie like Cooper Cup to have as many as receptions and yards as he did. Um, And then even, you know, utilizing Sammy Watkins, he didn't have, you know, that crazy number as far as catches or yards, but he used them in the right places to be a decoy or to to really use that slant inside the 10-yard line to get eight touchdowns out of, out of him. So um, we even used him at the running back. So he had every chance to really find a way to earn his roster spot next year. I agree with you. For $3 million, it sounds like extra money in our pocket to go get some of these other guys. Um, and I'm just kind of reading off this article you guys have put together. A couple of the names um, you had said was Mike Thomas and Tameric Hemingway. So, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that as well. Yeah.
2: I mean, Thomas was because of just. I can't really trust anyone who has, you know, gotten suspended. And that's coming from a Browns fan with Josh Gordon. So, <laughs> I mean, I still don't right, trust the guy. Right. He's like, in my mind, I think he's going to get suspended again. But moving on, uh, Thomas, I don't know. You already have a really good uh, r- rookie production from Cooper Cup. Pharaoh Cooper actually had a, you know, pretty decent year this year. And Josh Reynolds actually showed some signs. So, I think he's. I think Mike Thomas is someone. If you can save about six, seven hundred thousand dollars with him, uh, I think you just do it, just to have a little bit more flexibility than you would have. And Tamaric Hemingway, I think he's probably like you know the fourth tight end on the roster. So you have Higby, you have Carrier, you have Everett. I mean, Everett played really well as a rookie. I thought you just save mm-hmm. about six hundred grand from uh, Tameric Hemingway, and I think you don't look back from there, honestly.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer for Hemingway because when he came in and, and Rams Nation and me and my co-host James were really excited about him because of you know his playmaking ability that he kind he almost we felt like he was going to be whatever Everett ended up being this year and Everett I felt like kind of peaked early and then just kind of disappeared on the roster um, as far as production goes but you can see the talent there with Everett and obviously you put up the high pick I think he was a second rounder for us um, and. So Hemingway, I feel bad because he, he, you know, had the big injury uh, and really didn't get a chance all this last year. So we had his rookie year with Jeff Fisher, who that offense was going nowhere. And he was even deeper down on that roster at that point you know, as far as tight end goes. So I feel you. Yeah, I mean, there's money to be saved there. I don't know where he fits in. They brought in Carrier who, you know, ended up, you know, playing pretty well for us. Higby obviously seems to be kind of the the leader there. I think Everett will overtake him as being the number one, um, but it's definitely those guys one, two. And I think he's going to have to fight out, you know, Carrier to really fit. But again, you, you go back to this thing. This was a Jeff Fisher guy. He was drafted by Fisher. Um, you know, McVeigh really has no ties to him. He worked with, McVay worked with Carrier over in Washington, and he brought him in. So uh, you're right. He may just be the odd man out there. Uh, But I still think hopefully if he recovers, someone else is going to get a player that can do some things. But I just don't know. I'm with you. I don't know if it's here in L.A., um, but I guess time will tell there. Uh, What are your thoughts as we kind of keep moving down here and we're kind of picking everyone's brain, and and me and James, my co-host, have talked quite a bit about Sammy Watkins and what to do there. What are your thoughts looking at this? You know, as you've kind of looked at it from, you know, perspective of money and what's in the draft and what we currently have on our roster, you know, from an outsider, what do you do with Sammy Watkins?
2: Yeah. So, Sammy Watkins is obviously a really interesting uh, piece. I mean, the Rams could opt to franchise tag him or, you know, try to sign him to a long term deal, or they can let him go and have him feel out the market and maybe try to match whatever he gets out there. But, You know, as me and the my partner that I wrote this with argued about, he really, really likes Sammy Watkins. I think that um, he hasn't produced as a number four overall pick yet, and you know it could change. Obviously, in Sean McVay's offense, because he's a mastermind out there. But personally, if it was me, I would try to tag Lamarcus Joyner instead of tagging Watkins because I think Joyner uh, is a much more important piece to the team I think than Sammy Watkins yes Sammy Watkins had the eight touchdowns and I'm sure Sean McVay can really scheme up some really good plays for him I think Joiner is more important to the team especially bringing in a new cornerback uh in Peters and having just like a little bit of stability in the back at safety could really really help the team but and I would let Sammy Watkins test the market I mean that's how I feel what what do you think
1: yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you on these two guys. I think LaMarcus Joyner is one of our biggest off-season needs as far as keeping around. He's so young. He is so versatile. I mean, he played the cornerback position. He played uh, in nickel. He played in safety. He's a big hitter. He's a ball hawker. Uh, He just has that attitude I think is going to go really well with Marcus Peters about they're just going to go get the ball and they're going to tear your head off if they don't get it. And you're right. Having that stability at the safety position uh, for some of the newcomers is going to be huge. And he's just really found his home being moved to the safety and working uh, with Wade Phillips. It's just he's just flourished. And so with his age and and what he's doing out here, I just think he's he's a must sign. And if that's franchise tag, I think that's the direction I would go at least to. Mm to make sure he's not going anywhere. I would love to work something out with Sammy because the the thing is, as you look at him and you can debate the numbers and debate if he was, you know, worth the four pick, you know, if he's lived up to that production. Um, he definitely turned around and, and produced out here with the touchdowns. Uh, you know, you always hear the other things that they're doing, the blocking that he was doing downfield. There's there's tons of Todd Gurley runs that you can find Sammy Watkins on the edge, finishing a block to, you know, free and and spring that run. So he's doing those little things that I know Sean McVay loves. He seems to have bought in. There was one of my quotes uh, that he had put out earlier in the year that basically said when he was over in Buffalo, he was all about his own stats, trying to figure out how he could get better. And he really talked about buying into being a better blocker. And he saw other people sacrifice and it made him want to kind of join in. So I felt like he's just understanding that concept of, the we, not me, which we talk about a lot here in LA as McVay kind of coined that as the phrase last year. But so I want to see year two with him. And then the other thing that I have is if we take away Sammy Watkins, we had a good core, but that was because we had that, that number one guy that could kind of take the roof off of the defense. Even if we weren't throwing to him, he was taking it off and really opening that up. So is Robert Woods a number one? Can Cooper Cup fill that role at some point. I mean, who really goes there and you're going to have to replace him most likely and try to go and spend that money or try to get somebody else to come out. I just don't know who that guy is. You know, I mean, they, there were talks way early that, you know, Landry would be an option, but obviously he's getting franchise tags. So I don't see that happening. Um, But you're going to need somebody to fill that number one role. Obviously we both agreed earlier. It's not Tavon Austin, right? So I don't know kind of what position that puts us in. I don't want to see us, you know, give him some crazy, you know, where he's getting 15 mil a year or anything like that. You guys kind of had put in uh, your article that, you know, a good contract for him would be about four years, 45 mil at the $18 million guarantee mark. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I feel comfortable um, that's basically what Tate Austin got. And maybe, you know, maybe that's, mm-hmm. you know, this is our second go around at that type of contract. Um, but I think he's definitely got better skills than, you know, what we can replace him with. So it's, it's a toss up for me. I could totally understand, you know, letting him go. But for me, it's like, he just got here. I'm just seeing him do some of those great things. And that was what we would like to almost say on like a down season in a sense of, catches and yards so just if you know everything could come together with Sean McVay in his second year because that's another thing you have to remember is that was just year one right like how does this grow you know that's where it started if it started there with eight touchdowns and you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me but you know I think it was under 50 catches and you know where where does it go from there for from year two three and if we give them that deal and as golf matures so those are the things that are sparking in my head so it's, it's crazy. Football, you know, it goes to offseason and people think like, all right, this thing just shuts down and we'll check back in in September. But this is the stuff that makes, you know, championships right here is, is figuring out where these guys go and for what dollar and who can stay and who can go. But yeah, that, those are my thoughts on those two guys. It's it's tough, man. So let's let's kind of say in the wide mm-hmm. receiver category uh, in the draft. I know I don't see the Rams, you know, maybe if they let him walk, maybe that's where they go with that first pick at 23. Is there anybody in, you know, the top three rounds that you see that, you know, might be that Cooper cup of this year, that, that underrated guy that, you know, maybe you can get it later
2: rounds. Yeah, and maybe one that you would have to go
1: get early, um, but could be worth it.
2: I, I guess the one guy at 23 that I think is going to be very good that you would just, you know, have to take, uh, in the first round, would be uh, Cortland Sutton out of SMU. Now he's a really big-bodied receiver. He kind of has the body type of a Sammy Watkins, but he I think he's an inch taller and like maybe uh, ten pounds heavier. Um, the combine is going to be huge for him because if he if he can run into the mid five uh, mid four fives, uh, that's around a similar time as Mike Evans ran a couple years ago. Um, I think he might be a lock for the top 15. So maybe Rams fans, you know, pray for a four, six. So, you know, maybe he'll fall there. But I think um, his (laughs) first year, he may not be excellent. But I think in year two and three, after he develops a little bit better route running skills and he knows how to use his body uh, in the NFL, I think he can be a really good number one receiver. Um, As far as like second, third, fourth round, um, I really like this guy. Uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, he's, first of all, he's a really, really good returner. And he also played the University of Washington, Dante Pettis. Um, I'm a huge fan of him. I think, I yeah. think if you take him I'm in the a big, third round, you I'm get a big really Pettish good fan value too. I like in the special Keep teams going. game because he's an instant starter, in my opinion, uh, at punt and kick returner. He, I think he has the record in the NCAA for uh, most punt returns scored in his career. Yeah, and he's just he's a really good route runner. He's very yeah, underrated. He got in that route last running. year. And he's very explosive in short areas, so like, you know, the crossing routes, short sticks, slants, uh outs, like any of the short quick routes, he can get some separation and he has very good hands. So I think uh if you take him in the third round, you know, pick 87, something like that, you can probably get a really good number 2 or 3 receiver right away and i think he can develop into a you know 1a 1b type of receiver
1: i like that oh, nice. we uh i have some ties up at University of Washington so my brother graduated there so I still follow them pretty closely so he was an explosive player fun to watch we do have Farrell Cooper in the return game which everyone felt really good he was a special he was an all pro special teamer but when it came to playoff time he did have two turnovers that were huge uh, I don't see them really yanking it away from him but when you get a talent like that it definitely starts to you know work in a competition and and it's always good to have those speedster type of guys that you can throw back there uh, and return a punt, or like you said, in those those quick routes that you just get him the ball and let him do the rest of the work. He was fun to watch at University Washington. Another one that I'm looking at here on the article that you guys put together. Uh, tell me about uh, Tate from Florida State. He seems like he's got some big size.
2: Yeah, he's a huge receiver. Um, he didn't have the production that you would have hoped for, but that's also because I think you know due to part that DeAndre Francois, the starting quarterback at Florida State was injured against Alabama in the first game. So we really, he had a freshman quarterback the whole year,
1: right?
2: Um, but he's really, he's a really, really good red zone receiver. So like that, he's, I think a comparison is he's going to be a poor man's Brandon Marshall at the beginning. He's going to have to develop a little bit. He's really young. You know, he's only a junior, but um, if you give him a year or two, I keep saying this about these receivers, but a lot of these receivers, <laughs> right. you know, they're, they're developmental coming in because they don't really run that, good of a route tree anymore. It's all goes and slants basically now. So I think if you give him a year to learn, um, he can be a really good red zone threat and, you know, golf can just throw jump balls to him every other play in the red zone if he wanted to, because he's got the jumping ability and he really high points the ball pretty well.
1: Yeah, I mean six fives, two twenty-five, those are numbers that you like to see in a wide receiver right. uh in the red zone and uh Sean McVeigh kind of watching him in the red zone Uh, he's, I mean, he's great all over the field, but when he gets in that red zone, I mean, that was where Sammy Watkins really kind of made his bucks was in that red zone, being able to utilize those, you know, short, quick throws and, you know, Jared Goff started to use that fade a little bit. So to have a guy that can go and get that would be, would be huge. And I guess this all depends on as we get to the draft, You know, where we're at, what picks we truly have, who actually's been signed, what we're doing with these guys. I think Les Sneed is finally getting into his groove of um, you know, kind of getting comfortable on making trades and and seeing some talent. One last thing I wanna one position I kinda wanna touch on before we get out out of here, um, is the running back. Everyone, you know, thinks we're pretty set at running back because we have Todd Gurley, right? But we struggled as far as having him get a breather. I mean, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Tavon Austin came in. Uh, for running back for us at times Uh, we shipped out Benny Cunningham last year. He went over to the bears. Uh, He was a great, um, you know, backup for us for a long time. We had Malcolm Brown, but he kind of struggled with injury. We went and uh, tried to add Lance Dunbar last year, but again, he had injury missed a lot of games. Uh, Is there anything in the draft that we could look at at running back that would be a solid uh, backup for Todd Gurley, maybe a third down back, someone to give him a breather?
2: You're completely right on the running back uh, situation. You know, having Tavon Austin as your, you know, second string running back isn't the most ideal uh, situation in the NFL. But, yeah, looking into the draft, this running back class is extremely deep. It might be one of the deepest in recent memory, to be honest with you. In our uh, ideal mock uh, offseason, we had the Rams trading up into round five to take Royce Freeman, the running back, out of Oregon – uh he's more of like a straight line kind of power back he's 511 231 pounds. um he's like a re- i don't know he i think he gets overlooked a little bit because he's a senior running back a little bit older and he you know didn't have the best senior season but he still produced at a high level in the Oregon offense um he's a really good one cut guy he's physical at the point of attack he can be your short yardage um goal line you know kind of like a Garrett Blunt ish type of running back not as tall as him but you know the same similar style also on like a third down running back you could look at Iowa and uh Akron Wadley he's you know a slight back he's about 5'10 185 soaking wet so um but he has really good shake you can put him in the slot as well um third down backs so just run swing passes screens you know little uh corner routes, anything like that, just one-on-one against a linebacker, I think he would win, you know, eight, nine out of 10 matchups. So I think Royce Freeman um, could be another power back that you could add with Gurley and Akram Wadley could be a nice, slight, uh, you know, versatile running back who gets you a lot of good plays in the passing game.
1: Yeah, both, both sound great because we could use kind of a bruiser to go up the middle and kind of continue to – you know, pound that run when Gurley's getting a breather, and we also saw how effective Gurley was coming out of the backfield this mm-hmm. year. And if you can kind of, you know, um, you know, duplicate that with somebody else, and you know, no matter who's on the field, that they're going to have trouble matching up against the linebackers. And and those nice, easy throws for Jared Goff are what we like to see. You know, when he's early in his career, just you know, taking care of the football and dumping it three, four yards, and letting the other guys do the work. So. Um, both those could be great for us. I think it's going to be um, kind of an overlooked portion of the draft for us because I think we're going to really need a running back unless we go out and get one in free agency. That's that's definitely a question mark for our team coming in this year. Who's going to be that backup guy? Because uh, we want to give Gurley, you know, that MVP caliber type um, opportunity as far as you know rushes and and whatnot. But at the same time, we we need to give him a breather because he did it all last year, and we you know we took care of him as far as the amount of attempts we gave them earlier in the season. So we had them near the end, but um, it's going to make it a lot easier if we have someone that we can turn to and and give a few reps. So um, I like both those guys. I'm excited to kind of get close to their draft and, you know, Eddie, I'd love to have you come back and talk, you know, maybe more stuff after the combine and tell us what else is going on real quick. Let them know uh, where they can find you uh, personally on Twitter and and also where you're writing for.
2: Yeah. um, I definitely love to come back on first and foremost, the combine, it's going to really have good movers and fallers um, for each position, obviously, just based on the athletic numbers. But personally, you can find me at E. Schwartner. Uh, I know it's a really hard last name, so I'm going to spell it out for you E S C H W E R T um, N E R. And I also write for Football Talk Daily 365.com. You can find us at FTD365 on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, just check out, we write a bunch of the NFL articles every offseason for every team. going to do some mock drafts, player of the week, prospect of the week. You know, anything that maybe will interest you, uh, we have it. So just give it a look. You won't regret it.
1: Awesome, Eddie. I appreciate you coming on and giving us all that knowledge, dropping all the draft stuff for us. We will definitely loop back with you as things continue Uh, That way we can figure out where we think the Rams are moving and shaking and and who's dropping, who's who's rising and and what really is a chance for us to build to our team here. So everyone go give Eddie a follow. I will um, when I share this episode, I'll make sure to tag you in it so everyone can see where to follow you at. Um, But with that, man, we appreciate it. And uh, go Rams.
2: Yeah, man, it was really fun. I appreciate it.
1: Alright Rams Nation, that was my interview with Eddie Schwartner. I had a great time talking football with him, we'll have him back, Uh, he's got some great draft knowledge, uh, really in depth to some of the players that are out there. The combine is in full effect right now, so we actually have Austin Hall, who's going to be joining us tomorrow to talk more combine, more draft prospects, a little bit about the Rams, where they could potentially move uh, in that draft, and who they might be looking to go after. So some really good information from these guys. I want to thank Eddie again from Football Talk Daily. Don't forget to follow him and his crew. Also, you can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter. You can hit me up if you want to shoot me a message at gmail. That's LockedOnRams at gmail.com. And also on Twitter, don't forget LockedOnRams. So tag us in any articles you guys see out there in the interwebs. I want to read them. I want to comment on them. So uh, interact with me. That would be great. But Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace.
0: Hey, LockedOn listeners. You already love our network and NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind. Helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.